Welcome to the Offscreen Central podcast. We are finally here, a group of all women to weigh in on the Oscar nominations that have caused no drama, as we were just talking about before we started recording. I'm Kinsey Venunu, and I'm here with Jillian. How are you doing on this fine Jake Gyllenhaal free Sunday? I'm good. I'm trying to get my life back in order after being at Sundance, and it's been great. Amazing. I am so excited to catch up with everything you watched and all of the new Kieran Culkin content you've been creating. We really appreciate it. We love we love Kieran Culkin on this podcast. We really do. We really do. And I'm excited he's back in films so we can cover him. So that's exciting. If Kieran Culkin's listening, we we're here. Him. We're here. Just he call us. Campaign. We started it already. Uh, but I'm really excited that we also have three of our amazing team members who have been predicting all season long, and they're finally here to start their podcast with us with uh, a really easy topic. Like, I think this will be like 20 minutes in and out. We have nothing to say. So um, first we have Jessa. How are you doing? I am doing very well. I keep peering out my window here in hopes that here in Massachusetts, we have a snow day tomorrow as we are currently getting snow. And I'm very, very sleepy from just big snow apocalypse that we've been getting. So I'm also hoping that tomorrow will be a day off of school. That would be amazing. I can't believe that you're watching for snow and me and Jillian were like, you know, it's like 95 degrees outside. Like, I don't know. We're all over the place. I love it. Um, we're also here with Meredith, who is also experiencing some of this warmer weather in January. How are you doing, Meredith? Oh, I am loving this warmer weather, but I'm also not looking forward to the swing in weather when it changes back to being cooler. So I'm not looking forward to that, but I am currently wearing shorts. So to do that in January, I'm not going to complain all that much. Love it. It's that horrible time where, you know, like in two weeks, everyone's going to be sick again because we went from like 85 degrees to like 50 degrees, which does not sound like a lot, but it is when you're in LA where there's no weather. 100%. Um, it's crazy. And then for, we're also joined with Leia. How are you doing? So excited to finally be on a video chat with you. I know. Um, I'm really good. I'm currently doing like homework on the side and it's 58 degrees here in Texas. So for the first time, it's not hot or humid at all. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here with y'all. We're so excited. Um, it's really funny that we're kind of like coming in from all over and then like three of us are in LA. I love it. We're giving everybody a little weather update as we kick off this discussion so we're here to talk about these wild oscar nominations um i think that they were kind of like boring i mean not boring just like predict like because there's so many precursors now and like so many like covered critics groups it felt like we could see the tea leaves like so early in advance that it kind of just felt a little like there was no big moment I was really excited about like it's kind of boring to me um but really solid best picture lineup I think but I just before we 
dive in and our listeners, we will be diving in. We have lots to talk about. Um, but I just wanted to see what everybody's overall thoughts were on the nominations at large. Jillian, what did you think? Were you over the moon? You were like getting the Oscar nominations in Sundance. I'm sure that was a time to be pleased to be awake at five in the morning. Well, this is my second time seeing the Oscar nominations while being at Sundance. And I do like the um, mind game that I was in mountain time. So it felt like it was not early. It was 6 a.m. compared to 5 a.m. So that was fun. Um, And I woke up really disoriented from just all film festival things. and And I was just sitting in my hotel room watching along and then got right back into the film festival spirit and of course everyone there was like talking about it and discussing it so I, I just felt like it was the perfect place to be for um Oscar nominations but definitely my my people came through because I never like a popular movie and it was very exciting to watch the Oppen homies take over the world they really did 13 nominations the biggest haul of the current nominations it's really sad they were one shy of tying for the all-time nominations like i know chris nolan and i'm gonna call him chris i don't care um i know he does not care probably but it's like really sad to me that he kind of like shot himself in the foot by like talking about the visual effects not being like CGI and all this stuff and they got left off the short list because it's like that was an easy one more nomination yeah it was really cute because that day when I was at the festival his brother was there to do like a panel about obviously like that both of them do a lot of science and technology things within their films so I was like what a day to to celebrate Christopher Nolan then hear his brother talk about the prestige and memento Love that. Love that. Still hate what he did to Westworld. I'm so sorry. Um, Jessa, what were your overall thoughts on the nominations? Did you have any that were really exciting for you or? Um, Again, since getting into more of like learning more about like precursors and things like that, it did seem a little in a way predictable. Um, I know I was kind of in a shocked a little bit with Sterling K. Brown being the first name out of the bunch. And I'm like, oh, okay, this could be, this could be fun. Like, I know he got in at SAG, I believe, but I'm like, oh, this could be fun. Um, But then after that, it was things that was expecting, but still not really anything too, too out there or too, too upsetting aside from some other, like, more popular things that have been talked about. Um, I wish Past Lives got more than just picture and screenplay, but I'm happy that it got in at least, especially because I'm starting to get nervous a little bit, but that, cause that's my favorite film of the year. And I'm glad that other people or the Academy thought that at least deserved best picture and uh, screenplay as well. Let me tell you, we watching the nominations and like the first category is supporting actor where you're like, okay, there's like two slots. I have no idea what's happening. And then the first name was the nomination. I like, I thought he just got in at SAG because they liked him, you know? Like, I knew there was, like, talk of American fiction is overperforming, but that being the first name of the first nomination read, I was like, oh, they're just going to go crazy. And then they proceeded to not go crazy. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is the weirdest morning of my life. Like, mm-hmm. I I was like, what? But yeah, Past Lives getting two nominations was Deja Vu, Two Women Talking getting two yeah. nominations. I was like, 
why do we have to settle for like some of one of the best movies of the year and it just happens to be written and directed by a woman but it's like why do we have to settle for it's, these two kind of places like so yes trusting how you can get like best a best picture nomination and then like one other of like the major you know like because I don't know <laughs> if everybody else feels this way but if I'm putting a film in my like best picture lineup it's because it is good in every other category that goes into that and I'm just yeah. like I I get it it was like on shortlist like sure you could say Greta was sixth or seventh and actress but like it just felt really like this is it like I don't know you could have given it song I don't care like mm-hmm. I don't remember the song but like you could have done it like just so we could say three nominations like I don't two is just it's really sad I can't believe the Golden Globes outperformed like I I can't I can't believe it Meredith, what about you? What were your feelings on the nominations at large? I mean, talk about like swings of just feeling really elated and excited and then being like, wait, what do you mean? Um, like I'm thinking about I'm I am a Wes Anderson fan. Asteroid City got absolutely nothing, but yet Henry Sugar got in for a live action short and this will more than likely be Wes Anderson's first Oscar are you kidding me like that's just wild to me also original score is a mess um I don't understand the the clickiness of original score of how those got nominated particularly like when you have Spider-Verse when you have the boy and the heron and I was really bummed that Past Lives didn't make it to the shortlist. And I do remember the original song from Past Lives. It's Quiet Eyes, which plays during the credits as you're like wiping oh, that's up why, the tears. That is why I don't remember. That is why I don't remember. Because you're wiping the tears as the lyrics are coming on. And you're like, what did I just watch? Um, that's exactly why I don't remember. Thank you. Thank you, you know, for telling everyone. I was just sobbing so hard that I have no recollection. No worries. Um, but in the same sense, I'm happy that I'm just Ken made it in for best original song. I feel like if you're going to nominate Ryan Gosling, you have to include my, uh, I'm just Ken. And I don't feel bad about Dance the Night Away because it got nominated for a Grammy. So like the Barbie soundtrack is like covered across the nominations, honestly. Um, obviously we'll get into the Barbie of it all, but like, I love the best picture lineup uh I really love a lot of the I love adapted and original screenplay I kind of wish Emerald Fennell got in for Saltburn because I am one of the weirdos that enjoys that movie and think it's I great. feel like all of us like I don't I actually don't know what Jessica thinks of Saltburn <laughs> I just called her out man <laughs> like you gotta tell us I feel like all of us were kind of like that would be a great place for her in the film I thought I really thought it was gonna go somewhere like I was telling people I'm like it's not getting nominated like there's it doesn't it like the wave that has come on the TikTok trends like it was shortlisted for score like yeah she's a previous winner she was nominated for best director like something has to this is actually my fault because the last time Jillian and I saw Maestro I was like you know the screenplay grew on me and she was like stop (laughs) So this is my fault. I put it out into the universe. This is totally my fault. 
bet against Bradley Cooper getting in and he got in for Maestro and I really enjoy Maestro. So I was like, everybody online just hates Maestro. Is it actually going to do well? And it performed better than I thought it would. So I mean, we'll get into all the rest of the categories, but on the whole, there was a lot of things I enjoyed, a lot of things I was confused by as far as like what missed. And then there were some things that I was like, huh, this kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And like, it just, but at the same sense, because we were in the know about all of like the guilds and stuff, it was kind of boring. And I was waiting for more chaotic decisions but certain chaotic decisions or surprises, I guess, like Sterling K. Brown getting in and America Ferreira, I'm all for, like, I'm happy for those nominations. But, like, I wanted to see some more shake up there, and we didn't get that. I think the thing for me is the shakeups were, like, John Williams and Score, which was, like, I think I did end up predicting him, but it's still just, like, why? And then also, the biggest surprise to me still is the creator and sound yeah which I'm like I don't care this isn't a cool surprise like this is like a I just don't it's weird like that's the movie they saw did they just because they clearly did not see me and Jillian's beloved Ferrari but I don't know I don't know I'm really sad I I don't know I had really high hopes for the sound and original score categories and they're Two of the most disappointing. Basically, they were like, "We gave you zone of interest, so yeah. we're, we're pulling something else in this category." Like, <laughs> they were like, "One for you, four for us." Like, like the short lists were so good. Like, I would have been have taken Barbie and sound, like just something, you know. Well, especially because they said in the Bake Off they showed like the Ken fight with sound to like highlight it. And honestly, I really was like the killers getting a lone nomination. And then I hyped that up in my head too much. And then the creator got in. I don't, I have to watch the creator. I haven't seen it. I'm. I tried. It's fine. I saw it in IMAX. It's fine. But see, this is the thing. Everyone who saw it in IMAX is like, it's fine. It's a cool idea. Just not completely well executed. And then everyone who watches it at home is like, no. And I'm like, well, I'm going to watch it at home. They're not going to put that back in IMAX. They're putting Tenet back in IMAX. They're not going to put the creator it puts back, the in Oppenheimer back in IMAX <laughs> it's so funny that movie's still making money we gotta hit have it hit a billion it's just funny because every week it's like it's returning back to theaters and I'm when like, did it leave it when did it leave <laughs> it never left it's like Titanic like it's just like uh you can watch it at home or it's still playing at 3 p.m on a Tuesday like yeah. I don't know I don't know Leia, what did you think of the nominations? I know you're really excited for Sterling K. Brown and American Fiction. Yeah, I'm probably like the biggest American Fiction stan. I loved American Fiction. Um, I guess kind of similar to everyone else, I wasn't like too shocked by things that were nominated. Um, I'm still kind of disappointed that Charles Melton was snubbed. Um, <laughs> um, I also really wanted to see like Dominic Sessa maybe in the lineup as well um but otherwise I feel like a lot of it wasn't as much of a shock as like the Golden Globes lineup was um I was really excited too about like the Killian Murphy nomination of course um but yeah that was kind of for me it's like there are things to be excited about and there are things to be like a little sad about like it was a 
it was just too predictable, I think, is the problem. And I think the way they could solve this is move the Oscars to January, like January 15th or something. I don't know. It goes on too long. It gets too predictable. Like, I'm kind of excited that WGA is, like, after the Oscars because it's, like, that could lead to them doing something weird because it's not trying to predict the Oscars. It's not, like, I don't know. I don't know. There's so much we could be doing here. Um, But there are, like, some really cool stacks with Best Picture this year. Steven Spielberg extends his record as the most nominated person in Best Picture with 13 nominations because he's nominated for Maestro. So if you want to say thank you to Bradley Cooper. You wouldn't have um, that with Jake Gyllenhaal's maestro. <laughs> oh my God. We did it. We did it. Um, there are five couples nominated at the Oscars this year in the same category, which I don't know if that's a stat, but it's really cool. And me and my husband could never. Um, Emma Stone received nominations for Best Actress and Best Picture. She's only the second woman to achieve this. The first was Frances McDormand, who won both. So just putting that into the universe. Um, Bradley Cooper received nominations for Best Actor and Picture, and he's done this three times now with American Sniper, A Star is Born, and then Maestro. The only person who hasn't beat is Warren Beatty, which I feel like is the... I don't want to put words in Bradley Cooper's mouth, but I feel like that's the path he wants with his career in a way is to be like Warren Beatty. So I'm like, he's on a good, on a good path. Um, but the best picture lineup is technically historic with three of 10 being directed by women with past lives, anatomy of a fall and Barbie. So we did it, Joe. We, we, we solved feminism as the intro to Barbie says. Um, nine women were nominated for Best Picture this year, tying the record set in 2016, which is thrilling. Um, and this, this is the first time we've had two international films in the Best Picture lineup. So that is really exciting. I think it's proof of the Academy's expansion of membership really working, um, because we're seeing it more and more, but I wish the actors branch would go more on that limb because I'm pretty sure if they had been we would have seen a double nomination for Sandra Huller which would have been really cool um this is the first time that H24 has had two best picture nominations in the same year I know everybody thought they were gonna do it last year but they waited till they had two good movies so sorry to the whale so sorry um I'm not I'm not sorry to the whale I hate what what Darren Hernowski made me do um which is see that movie um Greta Gerwig is the first filmmaker whose first three solo directorial projects were all nominated for best picture which is really cool um and she's the first woman to have directed three best picture nominees so she kind of did it guys um which I guess we can talk about best director if we're ready um so the lineup was pretty for like most of it, it was expected. And then we all kind of felt there was a different person who could slide into the fifth slot. <clears throat> so we have, um, at least we don't have Alexander Payne is how I will start it out. We do not have Alexander Payne in our lineup. So we did one thing. Um, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Marty Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things and Justine Triet for Anatomy of a Fall. Um, 
I'm really excited that Justine's there. Like, I think that it's really amazing. And I think that, like, the discussion around her nomination has been a little sidelined because of everything else that people are talking about. And I'm not saying that we should not be talking about Greta Gerwig not making it, but it's just, like, really exciting what Justine pulled off and that she was able to get in. And um, Neon did such a good job. Like, I, I will admit that I, too, in, like, December, was, like, Anatomy of a Fall has completely slid out of the conversation. And then I think over the holidays, maybe that's, like, something people put on, like, to watch at home, like, in the Academy of Membership, because it, like, picked up steam again. And, like, it performed better than I thought it would have. Like, it kind of feels like Tar this year that it picked up the editing nomination. It's really exciting. Um, but the director's branch always kind of leans more international when they expanded the membership of the director's branch. It went way more international than American voting members. So that's kind of why you'll see like Hamaguchi for Drive My Car and Pawlowski for Cold War. They always do something a little more international. And I think that's why we everybody felt really safe about Jonathan Glazer, especially like when it premiered at Cannes, the conversation was instantly like, oh, this is exactly what the director's branch goes for. And that conversation never went away because even people who like don't love the movie, they're all in my mentions if you want to find them. Um, but <laughs> the people who don't love it were like, oh, what he pulled off is so impressive as a director. But I think that because we were all thinking of him for the like the designated quote international slot, nobody was thinking about Justine Triette. Like everyone was like, just like, oh, Jonathan Glazer has that spot. And to some extent, like Yorgos Lanthimos, just because he has so much built up with the international community as well. Um, but because of that, and the no nominations for director are only voted on by the director's branch, which is like about 600 people. Um, I think that's why they went towards Justine because they also just like don't really go for bigger blockbusters as of recently. Like people in my mentions are telling me like James Cameron got nominated and won for Titanic. He was nominated for Avatar. But I'm like in the past few years, if you look at like specifically like the DGA lineup to the director's lineup at the Oscars, the person who falls off is always the blockbuster director. And that's just like recently. And it's when they started inviting more members to join. So I think like the international voting block like really just dominates, especially if you think about it. Like the first woman who was ever nominated for director was Lena Wertmuller for Seven Beauties, which is an Italian movie and it's not in English. So like they've always kind of leaned, like when they acknowledge a woman, it's not like really like, a blockbuster because even if you think about like Catherine Bigelow a former winner the first female to win did not get nominated for Zero Dark Thirty which also made a lot of money so I think that there is a weird conversation but it's like two conversations it's like the director's branch not recognizing certain kinds of movies and obviously Oppenheimer is like this like it kind of straddles both lines I guess like I think that there's an e I don't want to say men. I just think that most men have an easier way of calling that like highbrow compared to what Barbie did. And it's like, 
I don't I don't know how to say this in a nice way. I, I mean, just no, feel like, like Christopher Nolan and Oppenheimer specifically, I think because he's been around for a while, it just feels like a point of his career kind of where it was just like, it felt like everything was like leading up to this and a way of you can argue for Oppenheimer as being like, it didn't even like, I don't know, I because everyone's surprised at how much money it made. So I don't think even people were like, seeing it as a blockbuster it was just like oh it's a christopher it became a blockbuster yeah like i don't think anybody i don't even know what the initial like projections were of how much it was going to make like maybe like 300 i think it was like 550 worldwide is what like the original discussion was yeah so it's like i think it's just he is has i feel like it's like almost like where you have like favors you're redeeming even though like he's not but I think people have just been like waiting for him to do something that feels more accessible compared to his like previous like more blockbustery films and this one just like for some weird reason connects with everyone yeah which is what we should if basically if he I feel like it's weird because like Dunkirk that was like an all-timer director lineup and I would have never like whoever won I would have been happy with yeah. but it's like that's like the first time I was like because I've not it's the same same thing as like when Leo won his acting Oscar and everyone was like he's so overdue and I was like is he like is he because I don't feel that Christopher Nolan is overdue I just think it's like time yeah it's more like, then, like more like the I feel like for directors it's like the recognition from your peers more so yeah. than like the industry like I think he has won like the industry over but I think now it's like the recognition, like no one's discounting him as a director, but I think it's just like the recognition from like, if you think of the past few winners, like Del Toro, like in, in you are too, like Jane Campion, like all these like really big people that finally have gotten that like recognition from their branch. And I feel like that's what I'm seeing. That's what, that's what I'm seeing his path for this of like that acknowledgement of what he has committed to like directing and filmmaking as a whole. So I don't know if anybody listens to Sophia's podcast, um, Oscar Wilde, but so on their nomination prediction episode, she made the best comparison and I almost changed my predictions because of it. She compared Barbie to Joker and not in the movie sense, but that Joker was this movie that like nobody foresaw making a billion dollars. It's based on IP. It like incorporated other movies that the director was really like interested in and inspired by and then it made a billion dollars so then like the academy kind of followed suit by like acknowledging it but the difference is that Todd Phillips got nominated over Greta Gerwig I don't know I don't know my joker now that meme of like this is this is my joker that sat is my joker now yeah because when I listened to her talk about it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take out, I don't, oh, I had Alexander Payne in. I was like, I'm going to take him out and put Greta in. Because I was like, that's, that's such a good, like, theory. And then she missed. And I'm like, the fact that Todd Phillips got in and she did it, Todd like, it was literally made, over Greta. Todd Phillips <laughs> made a Scorsese knockoff and got in the same mm-hmm. year that Scorsese was in for the Irishman. I'm going to I'm going to stop before I get mad because I have thoughts about that. I was talking to someone about old school the other day and I was like, "You mean from Oscar nominated director Todd Phillips?" 
Bradley Cooper did that. Maybe we should bully him. Maybe we should. Maybe it was Bradley's name. Maybe we'd have to attach it because it's like a guaranteed nomination. Like if he's involved in some capacity. Maybe we should have. Maybe he should work at Lucky Chap. I mean, they're they're clearly the production company doing a lot of stuff right now. So you got Nightmare Alley in, he got Licorice Pizza in, American Sniper. Like I think he's we don't we don't talk about his two American Sniper and uh, the Licorice Pizza movie. We don't we don't talk about them except he is really good at Licorice Pizza. But Meredith, I know you have so much to say about Greta let's let's go gloves I, off i thought about wearing my greta sweatshirt for this uh, i did not change in time here's the thing this is a really great lineup genuinely i'm so glad justine got in i never want to take anything away from her i was so afraid we we're gonna have an all-male lineup but the thing is i feel like the director's branch of the academy is like as long as we have an international representation there and at least one woman in that lineup that that's enough and we're good and it's like why can't we have two why can't we have two women here and the fact that christopher nolan his box office is also because of the Barbenheimer movement that just like no one was expecting the memes came out of it but like genuinely they both fed into each other and I don't think it is fair to hail Christopher Nolan for this like box office achievement which it is his magnum opus it is a well done film and one of my favorite films of the year he's going to win the Oscar I will be very excited about it but for the director's branch to give Greta Gerwig that same type of recognition for accomplishing the same thing and doing it within being able to direct a film of that magnitude with a message, something to say, and to not be a part of that lineup was more disappointing than Margot not making it for Best Actress. And to be honest, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, Killers of the Flower Moon is such a leg up from uh, The Irishman, in my personal opinion, with Scorsese. But there is a world like Greta Gerwig could have made it in over Scorsese, and I think it's because of legacy that like she didn't get in. And that's such a bummer to me, because we're just limiting what we can do in the Directors Guild. I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand how Greta Gerwig can get nominated for Lady Bird and be recognized for an indie accomplishment and not be given that same type of treatment for a box office accomplishment when it wasn't just, it wasn't just a paint by numbers film. She, there was so much craft on display. There was such, which obviously she made it into adapted screenplay with Noah Baumbach and very excited about that because well deserving of that screenplay she had such a strong screenplay the craft on display she directed the hell out of it and to not 
see it there was just kind of a bummer. So yeah, like the all in all, that's where like a lot of like the Barbie discourse, I really sit with more director of it, of like Greta Gerwig not getting in as so much for having like a very particular story to tell and she accomplished it accomplished it on the same level as Christopher Nolan, but she can't get that same type of recognition for it. And that's a problem to me. It's funny because I'm like, uh like the reason that I didn't take your ghost out of my predictions was like people are describing it as visionary and only he could have pulled it off. And I'm like it's kind of the same exact thing about Barbie, but like we we weren't saying that like that's that's the thing and I so there's a lot of discourse that came out about Barbie and the day of the nominations and people having very intense hot takes but I think the one take that I do think like you're saying the quiet thing out loud is that Yorgos kind of did the same thing and because it was a male director that it's being recognized differently than something that was similarly done by Greta Gerwig. Um, and but to be fair, to be fair, poor things. Uh, I respect the movie a lot. I like it. I don't love it. And I know there are people who really love poor things and I don't want to take away from the story it's telling and the achievement. And I do love Yorgos Lanth the most. I love the favorite. But that's kind of a problem when you have two similar movies about exploring uh, womanhood and the director, the male director is getting that type of recognition and the female director who did the same thing isn't. Yeah, it's really frustrating, especially because like I had someone reply to one of my tweets being like, well, you got poor things in, which is a story that's about girlhood. And I was like, I don't think you're understanding whatever upset about if you're telling me like they're there your ghost got in like that's not I don't know like it's it's a weird time Leia do you have any thoughts on director and Greta of it all I feel like Meredith kind of just like explained everything that I'm feeling actually <laughs> like I feel like she just worded it so perfectly about the whole Greta discourse it does feel like incredibly frustrating to see all of this and kind of see a film that is directed by like a man and everybody's like oh this is about girlhood but the one film that I feel like does define girlhood I feel like I'm not making sense I feel like Meredith no, just you're you're, you're totally got this <laughs> seriously like it's really funny I, like everyone was like record a podcast immediately and I was like I cannot get my feelings in check immediately especially Jillian was like I, okay I have to go see 20 movies today like goodbye like I was like how are you paying attention to anything but Jessa do you have anything to add about director was there anybody else you wanted in in the lineup Celine Song oh, obviously yes but I didn't even have <laughs> her on like my predicted because I'm like they didn't go for it it happened like that I'm like I mean it, it should happen but like 
even just in the back of my head being like, I did put Greta in for my predictions um, because I'm like, well, I got to throw my one obligatory like woman in there. I'm like, do I want to predict more? Yes, I do. But it's just still in this time of nearly a hundred years, we've had like what, eight women nominated in total or eight times a woman has been nominated. So I'm like, if I could, I'd probably put Greta in. I would have put Celine in, definitely Justine. So I'm like, that could have been a good three right there. And then we could throw two other men in there. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I I saw a lot of tweets that were like, why are we not giving the same amount of conversation to Celine's song and Greta Lee, which I completely agree with. But the problem was that like, they weren't going to go for it because they barely nominated the movie in general, which is so undeserving because in my personal opinion, all three of the main actors should have been nominated alongside Celine Song and director. But I guess that is a conversation for a few categories away. But um, I just think that like because Barbie got eight nominations, people were more upset that it didn't drag along its director and actress. Um, but I know that there's one man, me and Jillian, are very excited where it's finally recognized by the Oscars, and that's Jonathan Glazer. We are... Oh. We are here. We are so excited. Jillian and I were like talking about under the skin and birth like for so long and been waiting decades. I, decades. It's really funny that uh I think this is his least accessible movies, yeah. even though his entire filmography is completely inaccessible to like I would hate for the people who are giving some weird reviews of the zone of interest to see birth. Like, I would really hate that for them. Well, it's also funny because it's like he basically did Barbie and Poor Things, like with Under the Skin. And then he's like doing this movie. And it's, and then like just seeing like the conversation around everything is like, no one can beat Jonathan Glazer. Like, he's just, my thing is like with the conversation, I'm just like, who would you take out from the lineup? Because I, I swear we've had like really bad director lineups where it's like, you're like, oh my God, that person, like, where I can name like a million other people I'd want in like I'm lower on poor things so it's like I would have I would take out your ghost yeah like I just I just feel like that part of his of his like the visionary aspect like I feel like it died down really fast after um Venice like a people and like what people are talking about was the screenplay like when people are like oh it's such an original which is Tony McNamara like nominate that and I feel like a lot of with the directing aspect is like people will mention something they like and it's like well that was not the directing or like that was something else a part of the movie um like for Martin Scorsese like I don't he can make the worst movie ever and I'd be like just nominate him like he's gonna die soon so we need to let him rack rack, rack them up um but I don't know because I just feel like with the Barbie discourse like I understand like a hundred percent but I think just like following the campaign that Warner Brothers was putting for Margot and Greta specifically and the route they put them on like I mean like this like the Barbie screenplay book is like an actual book so it's like I feel like it aligns perfectly with what they were trying to do like um like a week before nominations they did that whole variety spread with Margot and her production company about like producing it and then a lot of it has been about like how Greta wrote it and I I think like having her in directing would have just like 
I think it's it's I I agree like she should be there I think it's just like an add-on to like what she did of like where she really did the most for like it's really her vision of her story that she wrote that like brought everything else together um but I mean I would have taken out Yorgos and if you listen to the art before Oscar nominations podcast about poor things like every category every category (laughs) she was like just take out poor things just just take it out it's just it's it's doing what I thought killers of the flower moon was gonna do of just like landing everywhere like I'm honestly surprised it did not get to uh supporting actor nominations like how we saw the favorite do it um because I was like it just feels like the default option that killers originally this season felt like and I gotta say I gotta say the places that poor things landed that killers didn't I'm like put killers in just put killers in like I don't it is the weirdest the the further I've gotten away from poor things the more and more I don't know if it's dislike or just like it's not my vibe I don't know like I think the first time I saw it the aesthetics and Emma Stone's performance really just got to me. And I do really love um, everything with Willem Dafoe's character, like this yeah. paternal. But it's like, the, I think the further I've gotten away from it, the more I'm just like, why? Like, just bring on like a woman to co-write it or something. Like the way that they did with like The Last Duel. And I'm so sorry to praise Matt Damon ever in my life. But they were like, you know what? I don't think I can write this. So they brought a woman on. And it's like, I just, I have no problem with like men telling stories about women because it's like, that's still a story about a woman that like we could have just not ever had told, I guess. But like, it's just like, there there needed to be, and I'm so proud of what Emma Stone pulled off as a producer and a performer. Like it's not to take away from anything that she did. And any of the women that worked on this movie, because there are a lot of women below the line on this film. But it's just like the further I get away from it and the more like clips out of context I see, I'm just like, I don't understand why this is the movie about a woman coming to find herself in the world that we're like, yes, direct. Like, I just, it's not, the math is not mathing. Like, I don't know any other way to put well, it. it's like, even like, I don't really feel that excited for Emma either. Like, I don't know if something- No, I did at first. And I don't know if that was the Andrew it's... Garfield is watching this movie one row away from us vibe or yeah. like, like, but like the, I'm just like- When we left, when we left, we texted in our group chat. We were like, Emma Stone, Oscar, write it up. And I'm just like- because when why? she was the Critics' Choice, I was like, why can't it be Lily Gladstone? And she's not even the lead actress of her movie. Like, and I do think that's part of it where, like, people are, re- we can transition into lead actress because it kind of ties into also the like, like, conversation. Like, but, okay, that's the that thing. That's the thing. Right Sand- there. Sandra is right there. Like, we want to go, like, if we want another woman like in the conversation I don't understand why it has to be Emma Stone who already has an Oscar like let's go for someone who doesn't have one like we're tired of like Carrie Mulligan like crying in movies give her an Oscar I don't know like Like, it's not just a tar like it's not tar level (laughs) performance where I'm like second third fifth a millionth Oscar I'm like well and Emma Stone is really young like I don't I mean that's I what bothers say... me with like young women like I think it's more impressive for her and Margot on the producing front of what they're doing versus like they're great actors like I I 
I would have put her in for Babylon over um, Barbie, but it's like the way that they're not 40 yet. And we're like, overdue. <laughs> like, <laughs> overdue. Like, it's time. Like, they're, you know, like, just let them marinate. Let them, like, I don't think this is the end. I don't think Barbie and Poor Things are both of them as like the end all of be all. I think it's like, especially Emma now launching her production company and doing like all she she produced the Kieran Culkin movie like she's she's doing things like it's it's a good starting off point to get the publicity and the attention around the projects they're choosing and it's weird that we're framing them like into this weird box of like this is it like they're gonna die next year like it's over like they're never gonna make a movie again they're the same age as Martin Scorsese they just have really good skincare (laughs) like really good I'm like Martin Scorsese a million nominations like Christopher Nolan he's getting up there but I'm like why are we boxing in like women like even like Greta I'm like Greta's young like she's probably gonna make a no in in, in like 20 years she's gonna make a movie about like the making of Nyad and like then she'll show in a director's Oscar I so don't it's know just like I feel like that's the most frustrating part of the conversation it goes back into like why don't we let women age like <laughs> No, literally. Um, so I guess I do want to talk about Margot not getting in the lineup because I have two things. First off, if Greta Lee had gotten in, I don't think any of us would have talked about Margot missing. We would have just been like, she's in for producer. Cool. That like that makes sense. But I think that we're all in agreement. And I say we all, as in I'm pretty sure the internet too, that Annette Benning slid in. I honestly think there's a world where she could have been forced, to be honest, but I don't really, but we're all in agreement that she's kind of that last slot. Um, I think because it's Annette Bending, which by the way, love her, love her. I finally watched Nyad though, and um, absolutely not. Like Jodie Foster, yeah, sure, do it. The drinking of the Diet Coke, it is so good. And she's actually like, the character is written so horribly that I'm amazed that she could pull off that performance, to be completely honest with Jodie Foster. But Annette Benning, she just swam, she wore a Speedo and yelled. I don't know what else we're recognizing here. Like, I like I get it. Like, the actor's branch goes for more, like, physical performances versus, like, something like what Greta Lee did. But also, like... Margot's really like comedic with her performance for the most part and they just never go for that like unfortunately especially with actress but it's still just like frustrating to see because we obviously heard that America Ferrera got her historic nomination in supporting actress before we found out about Margot so when she got that I was like damn Barbie's getting a director and actress and then director and actress came and they did not get in so it was very like you literally nominated everyone but even though Greta and Margot are nominated in different categories it is just when you look at it it's just like oh Barbie was not nominated for playing Barbie and the director of Barbie also did not get in, but it got in everywhere else. So it was just that. But that thing is interesting because it like proves and disproves just the whole like legacy nominee, like name recognition. Cause then it's like, you see people like Leo miss that feels like a safe person, but like Annette and like Jody and like even De Niro I thought was going to be out and they 
kind of, I think their names outweigh the performance, but it's interesting how like someone like Leo does not translate into that. I think that, I don't know what Leo did. Last year I made a joke that he just like eats nominations for free. Like that KFC sign that says Leonardo DiCaprio eats free. Like I was like, that's the Academy, but like, that's not. No. So it's like, I wonder what that conversation is like of, you know, someone like Annette Benning of like, to love her, love Jodie Foster, like true detective night country. Insane. Maybe the voters were watching that. But I, I had during... a Nyad water bottle and I lost it at the gym like two weeks ago. And I was like, well, that's a sign that Nyad is not getting out. No, it was a sign that someone watched Nyad and they were like, I need that but water bottle. Stole it. I'm never going to have it again. No, I mean, you but... can have my water bottle. I still have it. So. I will say it was a great water bottle. I mean, it's cool. It's chilling. I just have other water bottles that I'd like for. She's like, she's like, I have a Nyad water bottle, but I also have a Killers of the Flower Moon water bottle. And I was really pulling for Lily Gladstone, okay? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, four out of five in this category, beautiful nominations. 100%. 100%. And yeah, like, Annette Bening is a fantastic actress. I mean, no ill will against her. But her performance outweighing Greta Lee and Margot Robbie is kind of wild to me. And Margot, I didn't even nominate her, but like, Greta Lee in particular, it's like, how do you watch Past Lives and not recognize the amount that she is portraying without even saying anything like she is putting on an acting clinic in past lives and it's so moving and like I just don't see how she misses here but like I knew it was a long shot anyways to be rooting for Greta Lee I think that was more of a that was more what I was upset about with actress, but there was a larger narrative about like, how do you nominate all the other people involved with Barbie, but not nominate Barbie, which I totally understand too. And I'm not cool with the conversation that was going around of because of that, it was demeaning other performances because four out of five, this was a stacked lineup, like Lily Gladstone, Sandra Huller getting in. Harry Mulligan, Emma Stone, all great performances. But to me, like Annette Benning, that's where I'm like, the screaming and the one scene, I'm like, it's fine, but it's not, it's not groundbreaking and it's not showing off an array of talent in the way that Greta Lee and I would say Margot Robbie, because Margot Robbie had some great physical performance too, like her breakdown scene where she broke down like a doll. I'm like, cinema, baby, cinema the hands Um, just uh, the way that she just folds down into like this is the lowest I've ever been and it it's so incredible and the fact that she wasn't doing a Brooklyn accent that whole time (laughs) I love Margot Robbie but she is just doing anytime she does an American accent it's usually a Brooklyn accent so for her to do this type of accent for Barbie was like so outside of herself yeah, like, I mean, those are all my thoughts, honestly. Otherwise, I'll just sit and ramble. But yeah, like, otherwise, this is a great lineup. But Annette Benning, as much as I respect her, 
I don't understand how she gets in. It's so funny that it's like, um, like we have two out of the three from Kids Are All Right. And I'm like, I wouldn't have nominated anyone except Julianne Moore. And she's not here. Like, it's so sad. The kids are not all right. Let me tell you, they're not all right. But I am just like really excited for Lily Gladstone. I personally think her character is written more supporting. So I was excited that I, at first I was, me and Jillian were very worried. We were like, what if other people watch it and then like start to feel that way? And then like they don't nominate her because there's like this conversation of like she's actually lead. And I, but like, it's just like so historic and I'm really sad that her like historic moment was kind of like overshadowed because she there was all this other drama that has nothing to do with her um and I loved Leo's statement about her nomination it was really sweet like really sweet it's so funny like Leo as a celebrity is like like he's not my favorite celebrity but he's like my favorite type of celebrity like what does he think I have no idea like what does he think is funny no idea because his Instagram is all the environment in Lily Gladstone. And I think that's all we can ask for from a man. Like, that's it. Um, but yeah, I, but um, Carrie Mulligan broke her streak of only being nominated for movies directed by women. She was nominated for two, and now she's nominated for one from Bradley Charles Cooper, which is interesting. Um, I think that. I can say Sandra Holder is probably my favorite in the category. Yeah. Like, very good. Um, Jessa, what do you think about lead actress? Are you, other than Greta missing here? Um, I'm, again, to just go off, I'm very happy with the four out of the five. Um, I love, I really did love, like, poor things and just seeing Emma Stone and her transformation from, like, a child in a 30 year old woman's body and then like mature and learn not just more about the world but how to use like her body parts going from the little like waddling back and forth to like actually being an adult human um or adult female is was really amazing and I loved every bit of that and I really do think kind of talking about actor as well with Leo missing I think it was really admirable and just fun to see him use I guess you could call it use his campaign and kind of not really focus on himself but then focus on uplifting Lily Gladstone who was absolutely amazing in Killers of the Flower Moon like it would not have been the same without her in that film so also just seeing him kind of sacrifice is not the right word that I'm looking for because like no one's guaranteed anything but just seeing him being like yeah like you know I'm in this movie, but she's who you need to focus on. It's about her and her people. And kind of talking about that, um, oh, a movie like this wouldn't have been made if it wasn't by Martin Scorsese. Like Hollywood isn't giving Martin Scorsese money to uh, Native Americans. So there was that whole discourse of should he be the one telling this story, even though he's not of that tribe or of that nationality, but just seeing them really focus on her because she is the heart and soul of Killers of the Flower Moon is amazing. And I loved her. I love that she has this and it's so historic. And I do love Emma Stone. Her and Lily are pulling my heartstrings back and forth of who I want to win. I just saw Anatomy last night, Anatomy of a Fall. 
and I love Sandra in that as well. So it's just, it's my heart's being pulled in so many directions, even except in Annette Bening's direction, but. We're all like, I want Annette Bening to have an Oscar. Just please, Lord, not for this. Like, that's basically the story. Leo, what do you think? Is there someone you really love here or are you missing someone? I love Lily. I just really want Lily to win. I would have loved to see Greta. I just think that Past Lives is like genuinely one of the best performances of 2023. And just without even dialogue, she's just able to portray somebody who's grieving what could have been and I feel like I really just wish the Academy had seen that um but out of the two um I mean four out of five I totally agree I will say that I do think Annette is the sneak in this but um I would love to see Lily or Sandra win I think if either of those two win it would just be so great and um yeah that's I love Lily's performance so much. I rewatched it a few weeks ago and I was just like, it really doesn't work without her like at all. And it's really crazy that they were able to like just find the perfect actress for this. I really wish like her other films had come out last year to kind of like help push. Maybe they should drop them now. Like drop fancy pants now. Like I like, I don't know. Cause like we need more of her. Um, but I guess transitioning into actor, which was, listen, I love all the actors in it. I just don't love the performances for some of these men, specifically Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers and Coleman Domingo for Rustin. Love them. Love them being here. Can't wait to see what Coleman Domingo wears to the Oscars. I just wish it wasn't for Rustin. He's better in The Color Purple. I... I don't know. This is the Rustin was like, I already forgot everything about it. It is just like not, it's just straight by the numbers biopic. And I think that it's so impressive he got in because I guess they love those kind of movies, but just a forgettable movie. But um so excited for his first nomination. Jeffrey Wright's first nomination for American Fiction, which is really exciting. Um, Killian Murphy's first nomination for the titular Oppenheimer and then uh, Bradley Cooper on his 12th nomination always a bridesmaid never a bride uh, <laughs> I really think this is like just Paul Killian like I don't think yeah. there's anybody else um, I'm kind of sad about Leo I'm not gonna lie like I I don't know. It just feels weird. Like, it feels really weird. I'm so excited for my guy that now we can say Oscar nominee, Killian Murphy. I love him so much. Such a humble man. I just watched a video of him talking about voting for women's rights. I'm like, that should be the campaign. Um, so I was really excited about that one because I feel like even like a few months ago, there was like this whole back and forth of like, he's too shy. Like, is he even gonna get nominated even though he's an Oppenheimer? And I was like, I think he's gonna pull through. And I think it's his campaign has been so cute, like him and Christopher Nolan strutting everywhere together. And I think both of them, what I've loved seeing is how open and comfortable that they've both been so like I don't know who is strategizing their campaign but that's been one of my favorite parts to just see like 
Christopher Nolan be so personal with everyone and like personal about himself and like really championing everyone on the film not just like his leads but like below the line too so it's been really cool to see like it's amazing when you see like actors like actively like enjoying the moment and I feel like we've seen that from Killian we've seen that from Paul which holdovers is not my favorite but I'm just gonna write this off as a win for Big Fat Liar like that's what he's really nominated for um and I think like Paul Giamatti is just like one of our best actors working and so it's really nice to see him being recognized and I was excited for him to be a part of award season because I was like oh he's gonna give like really good speeches and he of course has um I, I've turned around on Bradley Cooper I don't think it's a fraudulent nomination like some people are saying I think like with him and Carrie in that movie it's like their quiet moments I think really speak the most about their characters so I like just like that it's kind of like a quiet performance wrapped into this like huge facade of like all the makeup that they're wearing. So like, that's cool. I love Jeffrey Wright. He is just the man. So I love seeing him there. And then like, I don't really like Rustin. Like I didn't feel like a real movie to me. Um, I completely forgot that I've seen it. I think it had a really good awards campaign because they were like the Obamas and they were in DC and like, it just is really... I don't know because it's like he had someone like Leo who even when I tell people I'm like this is his best like performance and I said that for once upon a time in Hollywood and then I said that for like Gilbert. every performance <laughs> post his win has been yeah his and best so because he did not win for a good one yeah so I was like that was kind of sad and then obviously like I didn't think, think that was going to happen but everybody was like Andrew Scott and I was like not for that movie that movie's getting zero nominations RIP all of us strangers um but I feel like it was a tight like even like a Barry Keoghan would have been really fun or like Barry Keoghan would have been so cool and then the Irish could have taken over I kind of wanted to see like a fun fifth slot in here and I just feel like it feels a little boring but I'm but I'm very excited for Killian and Jeffrey and Paul and Bradley that's my take I will say in defense of Rustin which I don't think is a great film overall but something that I respect about Rustin is the fact that it is a very specific period of a person's life and when you do a a biopic about either a specific period of time or you're focusing it on a relationship like in Maestro I think I'm willing to connect to it a bit more because it's not trying to fit one person's life into a two-hour film so I do think Coleman Domingo's nomination here is good I do think he does better in The Color Purple personally but I'm overall happy with this lineup I do think Leo was great but I what Jessa said earlier about the way that he kind of like took a step back or sacrificed himself a bit so that Lily could get the limelight I think is worthy in this situation so like I would have hated to be in a world where Leo got nominated and Lily didn't in some capacity so if Leo had to fall on the sword I'm glad he did it but also this is some of his best work that he's done and I wish he would have gotten that recognition too 
Jeffrey Wright. He is a Wes Anderson alum, so I'm always rooting for him to get recognized. Um, and obviously, he's done so much more than Wes Anderson. He's just a phenomenal actor. So the fact that he's finally getting nominated is like, yes, good, let's do it. And the thing about Paul Giamatti, which I do love the holdovers. I love a found family trope, honestly. So I really bought into this story. I think what's really sold me on him is the fact that he became so like an adorable everyday hero after the Golden Globes and he went to in and out afterwards. And I'm like, yes, relatable king, let's go. And like Jillian said, I'm going to pretend this is for a big fat liar because that is some of the best acting ever. And he did not get the recognition. It was it was a preview of what we would see moving forward. And I am all about big fat liar representation. Can they I should also, do that for his clip. They should I do that also, for his clip. They the should. Blue. Can I also say that I love that three of the nominees who are playing real people, like in history, they all overlapped in the same time periods, which I think is cool. Oh, that's um, really cool. I didn't even think about that. And where's the fan fiction? And then <laughs> um, my best actor theory, after, especially after last year with the whole Austin Butler thing and how people Stop. like, I love, I love Paul Giamatti. And like, it's like, I noticed that people really like to root for the less, the least, like, um, not a, tr- not least attractive, but like intimidating guy because everyone's like, like mentioning that of like this everyday man, obviously like that's what Brendan Fraser was doing. Uh, I feel like in the last few years, people have gone for like the least, like, I don't know, someone that doesn't feel like a threat to like, quote unquote men. And I think that's just like a trend that I'm noticing with like the Paula Giamatti discourse of men really like centering around him and like raising him up. And they did the same thing with Brendan Fraser last year. And so I'm like, what are we, what are men trying to tell us? Killian Murphy is not relatable to any man on the internet because, well, for many reasons <laughs> many many reasons let that let best actor be hot again just once just once in the last like i don't know like I, what is going on what is going on here's how jeffrey wright can win here's how jeffrey wright wins here's how jeffrey wright wins because he should have won for um oh my god i'm blinking on the name of the wes anderson movie the french, the french dispatch he's so good in the french dispatch French dispatch that oh my gosh his whole segment was my favorite part of that that's my favorite part of the whole movie I actually I'm listen I'm not a Wes Anderson fan I love the French dispatch I think it's so good it's top tier Wes Anderson I get really tired of people being so mean about it I I'm not here for it It, listen it's 2024 and I'm still talking and Bradley Cooper and Killian Murphy show up in costume too Okay, but which version of Lenny does he show up? The very I last want, version? I want young Lenny. I want Hebrew Harvard sweatshirt Lenny. That's a good Lenny. Good Lenny. It's not too old, but it's like weathered. Yeah. That's that's he's peak. Been, he's been broken. They should all just dress up in character. Like, let's do it. Like have them play- have them act out their clips. If you're playing a like, person, you have to show up as the person or they can all dress up as lydia tar to taunt bradley cooper ryan gosling can come as ken which ken indy sleeves ken indy sleeves ken yes let me tell you there's not an oscar nomination that got the moms more excited 
Then Jillian was texting me play-by-plays of her mom's reaction. And I think her mom should have been on this podcast. I'm and just I'm saying. like, I didn't know like that Ryan Gosling was such an underappreciated man to everyone. The thing is, because he's been consistent in our lives. So like we have this like relationship with him where you don't realize how much you care for him until he's like on screen or doing interviews and like there's a lot of like video footage of him because you're like oh yeah even like his wife's response Ava Mendez to his nomination was so it's also like that is so why they're together I feel like she doesn't do a lot of press so you're never like aware of how funny she is you know like obviously like I remember when she was very famous and she was always doing press like it was very different but like I always forget how funny she is and I was like this is why they work so well together it's like they just have the funniest sense of humor a win for Ryan Gosling is a win for us all that's true that's true Leia do you have anything to add about actor I know you're so excited about Jeffrey Wright I am I'm also very excited for Killian of course if Killian does not show up on the red carpet with his Bowie inspired pants I will be very disappointed um, I do think it is just going to be between Paul and Killian, and I know that it's totally shaken up the internet because Killian won at the Golden Globes, and then everyone thought that Killian was going to win at Critics' Choice, and then Paul won, so everyone is just, it's like a tie right now, so I'm very curious to see who will win, but I agree, we need to make Oscar winners hot again, and I want Killian to get on stage giving us the best Oppenheimer look can you imagine his, I feel like his speech would be like Joe Pesci's like thank you and he just leaves like, <laughs> it's like no disrespect right? I just don't want to talk to you guys like that's I feel like that's what he would do I feel like he's the one nominee and potential winner that wants a countdown to his speech like I don't think that he wants yeah to- he's like play me off play me off like <laughs> just go for it like um they should do the the Oppenheimer score for all the playing off like can you hear the music like can you hear it because you need off the stage (laughs) if he wins that he's like this is for Ireland and then just walks off that's all I'm only Martin Scorsese stand well and Robert De Niro because he was technically the titular Irishman yeah this is how <laughs> the Irishman <laughs> Wait, this is how this is how Paul Mescal can win for After Sun. Like Yes. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my god. Jessa, did you have anything to add about our acting all these lead acting men? Um, I will say I haven't seen Rustin yet, but I do really love that Coleman Domingo is one of the only, I think, second. Um, males who is openly gay in his personal life to play an openly gay man and get recognition from that. I think uh, Ian McKellen uh, was the first one to do that. So I really do appreciate like that kind of historic moment for him as well. Um, Again, I haven't seen Rustin, so I can't really confirm nor deny whether or not it is a good performance. I'm going to assume that it is. Um, but I also do love Paul Giamatti. My personal pick is uh, Killian to win. But if Paul wins, I loved him and Dominic and Divine just in the holdovers. And if he, if Paul Giamatti wins too, I will be just as happy. But I'm, I'm rooting for Killian for this one. 
it's really funny that I I think I only like like two of these perform no three 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 of these performances but like I'd be happy if any of them won because I just like the actor which like is not I don't get to say that too often in this category but here's how Bradley Cooper can still win that's not he's not carrying well again I'm I'm gonna go on the I'm gonna go on the campaign trail (laughs) I I have been on the campaign trail since this movie was announced and I Dylan Hall dropped out I like I just is he gonna be like a 15 time loser and then they're gonna be like here here's Diane Warren here's your honorary Oscar like I just don't understand what he has to do maybe he needs to try in like a different category he's gonna make a short film yeah make it a live action short and then he'll be like wes anderson that's also how i feel about amy adams like what does she have to do to win an oscar honestly like she gave up she she went the jake gyllenhaal route she was like let me do enchanted Two. let me do woman in the window like i don't what if in like an alternate universe if Jake Gyllenhaal had been in Maestro like what if he won like an Oscar for that like that would have been insane instead of Bradley Cooper like we would have been having and a- what if Bradley Cooper was like still nominated like what if Brad- nominated for something else what if Bradley Cooper was in Rhode Island what if they switched they strips shirts streaming services oh my god Bradley Cooper uh, music <laughs> You know, he could do it. You know, when he's like yelling, like, what is he yelling? I'm oh. writing it in. <laughs> Those are really good impersonations. You should do that for a living. Impersonations. Oh. Um, no, but I agree with what Jillian said about Bradley Cooper. I'm always here to defend this performance. I think that his smaller moments are where it really just shows. I really think the smaller moments are where all the preparation shows. I know everyone likes to give him shit for how much he prepped for a movie that he co-wrote directed produced and started um how dare he spend time preparing for that but um I think like the small intimate moments like specifically for me when he's with Matt Bomer like after he's like I like after he says I'm reading it in like they're just like silent in their sadness and I think like that says a lot about all the research he did on Lenny as a person and not just a musician and same with the moment with uh, Maya Hawk when he's in the Hebrew Harvard sweatshirt. And she says she's so relieved that the rumors weren't true. And like, just like the look on his face is so heartbreaking. And I think that everybody gets distracted because of the transformation, which by the way, is some of the most impressive makeup work I've ever seen. And everyone being so mean because they just don't like it is crazy. It's the same thing as like him, his nomination for Bombshell. Like that was great work. He's incredible with prosthetics. He nominated for The Grinch, a tragedy. <laughs> that should have been a lead actor makeup. That nerd, should not have the been whale. like not the whale picture, like everything across the board. I actually completely agree. The best. Um, moving on to the supporting categories. Supporting actor is so weird because like Jessa was saying, we started out this huge like shock. Sterling K. Brown made it in. It wasn't just a SAG thing. Like he made it in. Sterling K. Brown, probably one of the hottest men to ever be nominated and supporting actor, I'm just going to say. Um, but then it was kind of just like predictable, like the whole category. Like it was yeah. just like we got one poor things guy. It was not the one I thought we were gonna get. We got Mark Ruffalo. 
Um, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, and then Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon. I why Robert Downey Jr.? What am I missing? Why not Josh Hartnett? Why not Rami Malik? Okay, I will sit and defend Robert Downey Jr. all day long because I am Team Iron Man or die, honestly. So, honestly, I really love Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. I think that, especially for years of watching him being Tony Stark, who is very self-assured, very cocky, very uh, pretentious, to see him take do that, but in a losing role because he is fighting upward and he is pushing his agenda and he ultimately loses. He has to put his ego at the door as much as he's trying to fight it. And I do think there is a Marvel bias of like he wasn't putting in good work during Marvel BS because I watched that opening, his opening scene with Steve Rogers in Endgame and I'm like, he improvised half of that. So I'm sorry. I think it's incredible. I am a big fan of his work. And I do think the, um, the nomination is earned. I would be ticked off if Rami Malley got it for as impactful as that scene was. Because when I watched Oppenheimer initially and Rami Malley showed up, I'm like, what is he doing in here? And then when it is revealed, I'm like, oh, that's good. He does not need a nomination for that. I really do think Robert Downey Jr. did put in the work to be that supporting actor nominee, but there were so many great performances in Oppenheimer. Like you could talk Josh Hartnick, you could talk um, uh, Matt Damon, even you could talk. Um, oh my what is his name? David Cromheld. Yes. He's so good. He's Gary so Oldman. good as well. Gary Oldman. Okay, Gary Oldman is For better in this scene. movie. He's better in this movie than his Oscar winning movie. I don't understand. Uh, yeah. I okay. I don't understand. But yeah, I, I will always defend Robert Downey Jr. in this. I think he is doing incredible work. And he's, I think the thing is he is reminding people that he's still a good actor even though he was like the face of Marvel for like 10 years and a lot of people have a lot to say about Marvel love it hate it or whatever but to see him really do something with a performance like this because don't you forget after Endgame his first movie was Doolittle and that was awful so to see hey, him actually Britney, put in the word Britney Spears really liked Doolittle that's all I know about Doolittle is that she posted it on Instagram <laughs> She's I like, love I Britney love too but also no like I am like he tried he it's did funny like that like to me I would bookend his Marvel career like you're saying like you would skip Doolittle and you'd bookend it with like Zodiac and then this it's like, just yeah. his I'm like the problem I'm having with them, because obviously I like Oppenheimer. I've seen it eight times. I've, Do you like it? I've never heard you talk about it. Talk to everyone. And everyone <laughs> I talked to got nominated. So you're welcome, Universal. Um, he has taken like a weird, I don't know if anyone else has noticed it, but like I, he's doing a weird campaign right now where he's like actively like, 
I don't know what the shading like Marvel and like all the stuff and every single interview he's doing and I understand like maybe towards the end of it he felt that he was like I don't know Stockholm syndrome to like the MCU after like boasting about how he helped build it and like was a part of it and like how it was life-changing uh because I think it was like back at the Paris premiere is like when he started like subtly dropping negative things about Marvel and like and then like he just did this Vanity Fair piece that with like Emily and Killian and then he like goes harder in on it and like each appearance he's been making he like continues to inch like closer and closer to like how upset and like I don't know just something I don't know what happened on with him and Marvel but like it's just been a very interesting like trajectory he's taken because obviously like Angela Bassett last year made it's weird that it's history of like you know being the first Marvel actor to be nominated and it's like in a world that honestly could have been him for any of his Iron Man appearances if they really tried and he had like this narrative that everybody's like he's a legacy he's a nepo baby he's like never like all these things and so it's like okay like Angela Bassett did it so obviously she had no problem like getting in there and then it's just like this weird 180 he's taking where I'm like you can honestly just highlight the role of like Oppenheimer and like not even talk about the rest of your career or like what you were doing previously because I think like his character in a big like thanks to the editing is one of the most like compelling with in the saddest like of his arc that it's like all these extra things he's adding it's like I don't know for me I'm just like it's not helping your case to for you to go back and like destroy the thing that you were like once championing um with like the marvel stuff and i'm like no one's even like really talking about that except like the marvel fans like no one really i don't think anyone in the industry actually cares but it's been it's been weird i don't know if anyone else has noticed it in his like recent interviews i noticed it on that round table just because andrew scott kind of shaded comic book movies i don't know i couldn't watch the whole thing it was really painful it was not they need better hosts. I mean, like the the host of those roundtables is like barely in them, but they need better ones. I'm sorry, like I'm Andrew Scott. Like, I wish he was nominated for something because, like, his he can just be nominated for Fleabag. It is press... okay. It is the one TV nomination his press that press... I will allow. His press star for all of us strangers has just been like, like I went to the Q and A. Here are me and puppies. He Here showed up after. Being out until 6 a.m., like the worst outfit was just talking about, like, talk the, about everyday man, like, talk ev- about everyday man, Andrew Scott showing yeah. up hungover to QA. More of that. And then his round table, he was just like going off on everyone. I'm like, where he literally not was like, yeah, he was. I, I was like, this is campaigning I like because it's just like he he barely talked about the movie in <laughs> any press that I watched. He was highlighting like. Like other movies, like the letterbox of his like top four was so yeah. good. Cause it was like he's he's in this, he's watching all the movies, and I really liked that. Um, Ryan Gosling will go down as one of my favorite nominations that I yelled at someone about when you the movie so came sad. out. I was like, he is not getting in. You guys are fucking crazy. Cause they don't go for that. And I it's just like so impressive that they did. Because especially like rewatching it, he's so, I, he, he's so good. Like he has to play like so many angles of like this character who like, and like Margot talked about in her actors on actors who like don't understand like having thoughts and things. Like 
I don't know. It is the weirdest character to play so well. And he really did. And he does this thing where you're like, I want to punch him in the face. Like, how does he not see what is going on? When he discovers, like, patriarchy, you're like, oh, my God, this guy. But you want to, like, I don't know, like, you, like, root for him at the same time. Like, it is the weirdest thing. And I really do think this is something, like, only he could have done. And I think that's really so impressive. Uh, I need him to win so that it could help us with Kieran Culkin's campaign to give a comedic performance an Oscar for also do we think he will bleach his hair for the Oscars like it's I, think he, I think he has to a wig he has to do something like I'm so surprised I feel like he's definitely going to perform because right him I think it's Mark Robinson's there. Okay, can you guys hear me out on how to open the telecast, okay? Everyone's going to be mad at me, but it's actually not I'm Just Ken. It is, which Jimmy's hosting? Kimmel. Kimmel. Okay. He, with Matchbox 20, is singing Push, okay? It's just them singing it, okay? I will let Jimmy Kimmel sing. I don't care. And then you get all of the male acting nominees to also sing the song. Okay? Okay? Because then we tie in the whole soundtrack. You get uh, this washed up band. I'm so sorry if Matchbox 20 hears this. You get this washed up band to come back. They clearly didn't get the joke because they were like, I like that they uh, they were making fun of you. Like, they were making fun of you. Um, But I think it'd be really funny. And it would also just like be funny given like all this hysteria over like the academy and men that they could make fun of all the men I think it would be really good and then we can still get I'm just Kent just like later like I just think we could make it you could replicate the scene of push in Barbie with the male nominees or you can get all the actors that play Kent it'd be so funny being like I wanna push it'd be so good it would be so good. Like, I I don't know. Or get like the the lineup of all the men we dislike that we can't like really punish, like Justin Timberlake, like get all of them to sing it so we can like make fun of them on national television. I don't know. Just don't actually just don't involve Robert De Niro. Like I don't think he <laughs> needs to do that. <laughs> like we did you see that art that article that interview of Jennifer Lawrence when she was like he was at my wedding and he looked so uncomfortable so I just told him to go home and he did (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's so cute he was there was Bradley Cooper at her wedding he wasn't mentioned (laughs) in the anecdote (laughs) maybe he was conducting the band You never know. You never know. Jessa, do you have any supporting actors that you feel strongly about? Is there anyone you're missing? I'm actually really happy for Robert De Niro. I loved him in Killers of the Flower Moon. I think just looking back at all the nominations, I really like Killers a lot more than, I mean, I loved it at the start, but now I'm thinking back on it. I'm like, maybe I really did just really love it. Um, But I just thought he was scary. I thought he was great being manipulative. Um, And I just loved everything about his performance. I'm not sure if he'll win. I think at this point it's Robert Downey's to lose um just with how much hype and support that he's been getting um but I love Robert De Niro I think that that I'm very happy that he slid in I was getting nervous I think he was kind of going towards the bottom for a little while but I I loved Robert De Niro in Killers 
it's really funny i was like maybe there's a world where he misses and then i was like why would he miss like he landed everywhere and like he's so scary in the movie like it's kind of the same thing as like lily like he's so perfectly cast that it's like it doesn't work without him either like he's so scary the scene of them at the wedding where he confronts um one of her sisters and like i was like that is the scariest thing i've ever seen in my life because she knows and she can't do anything and it's just like all in his eyes it's so scary I'm so happy for Sterling K. Brown. And I remember when we walked out of American Fiction at AFI Fest and I was like, where is his nomination? Like, that felt like a pipe dream. And then here he is. Yeah, I don't necessarily, I'm not as high on American Fiction and I don't necessarily love Sterling K. Brown's character's arc necessarily. But Sterling K. Brown is such a great actor. Like, he does so much with it that I am so happy that he did get nominated. And, like, we should be celebrating. He should have, he should be Oscar nominated. So I love this. I am, I am a little bummed still that Charles Melton didn't get in or Dominic Sessa didn't get in, especially for how much holdovers love there was I thought there was a there was a chance that Dominic Sessa could like ride that wave um but it only makes me hopeful for him in the future if this was his start he could only go up from here and I hope that for Charles Dalton in particular like this is the beginning of many roles for him like he's still our Riverdale king like let's come through for that cast. Like I hope to see him do so much more, and hopefully his agent is like booking him for like great roles moving forward. I completely agree about Sterling K. Brown because we saw it at AFI, and I was like, he's so good in it. But like the moments that like I meant were like when it's like him one on one with Jeffrey Wright, and he's more subtle and like really dealing with like, the grief aspect of the film. I do think there's like a serious conversation to be had about like the stereotypes of the gay man he's playing in this movie. It is very weird. Um, I I haven't read the book that it's based on. I really want to, but I'm unsure of like if that's part of it because like the whole movie's commenting on stereotypes. So I'm unsure of if that's part of it. Um, but it's like you said, like, I love Sterling K. Brown. I'm so excited that you can say he's an Oscar nominee. Um, and same thing where I'm low on the holdovers. And I was like, Dominic Sessa is the thing that tied that whole movie together for me. And first performance ever is crazy. Four crazy. weeks of prep. Four weeks of prep. Read Jillian's interview with you should have been Oscar nominee. Um, yes, just, we knew ahead of time. We knew um also best dressed on the campaign trail other than coleman domingo the whole time um but it's just i don't know it's really weird and charles melton don't get me started on just how may december was paid at this lineup in general i just Um, think it's like even like last year with like everything ever all at once getting like four oscar nominations and i guess also like banshees with like its whole ensemble being nominated it's fascinating of like which films like can are able to pull like pull that off. Yeah. And like which ones that you like you would think. Like you would think poor things could pull off three nominations. Or like you would think if if Payne was nominated in director and like Dominic wasn't nominated, it would be like weird with what like happened? Or these trios. 
Um, so it's like interesting to see us go from like that extreme to like one person was left out. Yeah, it's really sad. And Charles Melton, I'll just cry forever, to be honest. Like I I do not get it. And it's clearly like an age and like like they just don't typically go for younger men because it's the same thing with Dominic Sessa. Yeah. Um but the the older man of my dreams, Willem Dafoe, why is he not here? Why? Like the Mark Ruffalo one is like, it's not surprising. It's just like, I don't know. Now it's like he just gets in for the performances I don't like. Like, I don't like him in this. I don't like him. Because it's like the same thing as like- It's time! Well, it's like the same thing as like RDJ, but it's like he just won an Emmy. (laughs) Yeah. He's been You just haven't been watching. Like he played twins. He was in that Todd Haynes movie. Like- He's been doing things. Don't call Dark Water that Todd Haynes movie. <laughs> so, Todd okay, honestly, I rewatched Dark Waters and it's not as bad as I thought. It's just like a crowd pleaser movie. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. And it's like everybody needs one of those. It's just the thing is, the crowd did not see it. I don't, it's like, I don't know. Like, okay, he's wearing a corset. Like, wow, what a big, what a big jump to be this character. It's like where was Gerard? Like there's like so many people in poor things. Like it's kind of like Oppenheimer. There's so many per- supporting performances that you're like, what about this person? Could have been. Could have been. Moving on to supporting actress. I I'm so excited Danielle Brooks pulled it off because I got scared. I don't know if anybody else did, but I got scared because I was like, that it just didn't feel like a film soul nominee kind of option and when it started falling off everywhere I was like are they like what if she misses um but when I saw that movie and I'm sure so many other people agree I was just like blown away by what she did and then it just felt like how do you not have a supporting actress line up with her like without her so I'm very excited she got in Emily Blunt to me just feels like a career nomination I I just don't think she's like in it enough or has like enough she has like two scenes and then I wish she just like had more to do I just think she's like her character is severely just like underwritten which I know it's <laughs> not a movie about her I'm not asking for that I just wish she wasn't portrayed as an alcoholic mother when she is clearly suffering from postpartum depression and I understand yeah, they didn't know that kitty, this isn't the kitty Oppenheimer film I really thought that Oppenheimer meant kitty I did not know it meant <laughs> J Robert okay when I purchased my ticket that is what there I was thought. no distinction there was no distinction especially because all the reviews were like the bomb isn't in it and I was like okay like so it's kitty's movie No, I just, I have some issues with the way that she is portrayed in the film. But um, Jodie Foster, she she had her Diet Coke. She got in. It's good. I think it's deserved. I honestly, I think if we're going to go on on a Nyad performance, that's the one that we are like, yes, yes, go off. And it's Jodie Foster. Who doesn't want Jodie Foster at the Oscars? Like, I don't know. Even when she presented with Jennifer Lawrence and she was like in a cast, it was so funny. I don't know. I don't know. And then Divine Joy Randolph, our front runner, our, she's just sweeping this entire race. So, so deserved. And 
like I'm lower on the holdovers but I'm very excited for her and just like the way they've done all the press like she is so funny and I want her in everything because I just like like her talking about like the residual checks of this oh movie yeah Christmas is so real and it's just like I don't know especially because like Alexander Payne went on a whole rant about how he doesn't want it to be considered a Christmas movie and then she's like Christmas movie yeah like her and Paul are just like we love it we love it more of it watch it on Christmas like it's so funny um and then America Ferrera made it in she did it the speech pushed her through a critic's choice I think I think that was like the perfect timing of that award show does anybody have any thoughts on this category the only one like honestly this isn't a bad lineup I'm happy with it overall uh, the one if Jodie Foster wasn't in or America Ferrer wasn't in which I'm I predicted her I'm so happy America got in it would have been kind of cool to see Rosamund Pike get in for Saltburn, oh, sure. honestly. For sure. For that sure. would have been such an inspired pick. But if she wasn't going to get in, this is a pretty good lineup. That would have been the sickest nomination to ever grace since her last nomination for Amy Dunn and Gone Girl. That would have been the sickest roster of nominated performances. Like, so good. No, she's amazing in that. Especially because it's like clearly a drama comedic performance like it is so funny at times but it's also like horribly heinous the things that she's saying I really think no one else could have played that part to be completely honest um yeah I just the thing is I like all the actors it's just like for the most part these are not movies other than like Barbie and Oppenheimer that I feel too strongly about um I did not receive a Nyad water bottle. That is why I am lower on the films because I didn't get one. <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> Maybe I could speak higher about it if I got a water bottle full of Diet Coke. I don't know. The um, score by Desplot. <laughs> he did the score? Yeah, they sent a DVD of it. <laughs> I watched the movie and I don't remember the score at all. Damn, that's brutal. He said I got that I is... didn't get the Barbie job, so wow. Wow. Remember that? That was so wild when they were like, he's not doing it anymore. Um, but I'm very excited about America Ferrera getting in. It feels yeah. really like it's so exciting. She's the first person of Honduran descent to be nominated in this category. So that's exciting. Um, but it kind of felt like they started her campaign like a little too late. And I was like, is that is she gonna be able to do it? But I guess they really started at like the best time because she pulled through. I really was like Sandra Huller, double nominee. I really thought, I feel like she was in there. I feel like she was in the mix. I don't know. I think, I think she was. Especially because Zone of Interest performed so well. Jessa, do you have any thoughts on this category? Anybody you missed? Um, I really did think Julianne Moore was going to pull it off for May, yeah. December. I didn't think Natalie was going to get it just because there was already too many uh, women ahead of her for Best Actress. But I really did think that Julianne Moore could have pulled it out. I think that if Charles Melton got in, she would have had a better chance of also getting in as well. Um, but I was genuinely surprised by America Ferreira. I I was one of those people that is like, it's not going to happen. They're going to have Ryan Gosling. He's going to be like kind of like that comedic 
person that goes through the arc. It'll be all him. But I'm really surprised and I'm happy for America Ferreira as well. Um, Divine Joy Randolph, love her. She deserves all of the flowers that she's been getting. And Emily Blunt, while I did like her in the movie, I agree that she was a little underwritten. Um, but I'm just going to pretend this was for the Devil Wears Prada. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, I guess moving on to the screenplay categories quickly. Maestro was a little surprising to me, even as a Mini Cooper. I was like, what are we doing? I was shocked. I was not betting on Bradley here, and I was surprised. It kind of feels like, I don't want to call the Academy lazy, but... I mean, this was the chance for, like, Saltburn. A lot of people thought Air was going to get in. And I was like, good God, calling that an Academy Award-nominated movie would have made my skin crawl. But it would have been really cool for, like, the production company and, like, the purpose of their company. Um, But it was just maestro. Like, we really thought they were going to do something cool. And they were like, we're just going to do maestro. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Just I like I feel like it's like often there's like a one-off in screenplay and it feels like they really try to tailor as if like someone is curating all these nominations. It just feels like so tailored to like what is nominated for best picture to like, I don't know, trickle down into all the other nominations. So I think that's what was surprising because they agree. Often we see like a one-off um, with like, and I feel like, especially in the last few years, there's been, like, a very interesting, like, one-off nomination. Apparently, that is May-December this year, which it doesn't feel, like, that's the thing. It's, like, it doesn't feel like that movie, because it should have been in acting categories. So, it's, like, it doesn't have that vibe to it, I guess, is what I'm trying to yeah. say. But I'm very excited that Sammy Birch got in. Um, Past Lives is very exciting, just because I feel like that's such a beautiful screenplay, and, like, everybody was kind of talking about the performances like they say so much without actually saying anything and I think those kind of screenplays getting in is so important to me because it just proves they're reading the screenplays which crazy they're doing their jobs crazy that the voters did their homework they, they weren't doing that a few years ago when Joker was nominated I can't believe this is the second time we brought up Joker remember the Top Gun script Shut up. I forgot about that. Listen, this is the category that I'm like, I'm past lives or die for this. Like, I feel like it will more than likely be the holdovers, but like. If it's not the holdovers, can it be anatomy of a fall? Yeah. Like, please. Like, I, I would, I would please. accept anatomy of a fall, honestly, but I just think you know past crazy? lives is so incredible that like, I just want to see Celine Song win here. Like this honestly? is the place. Honestly, anything but the holdovers here. Like anything, I will be happy with. I don't want to read just... the holdover script to see like the what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> I just intrigued. May December is a really cool script and like Anatomy of a Fall is really cool. Yeah. I do think the Maestro, like I jinxed this. I told her during voting, I was like, that screenplay grew on me, man um I think the structure is really cool and like the story that he chose to tell is really cool and yeah. they I feel like people are just so hung up on like the transatlantic accent that they're like not paying attention to like 
the story unfolding. Well, also like everyone this year that's been nom- like a majority of people being nominated have are using a transatlantic accent. Bring it back. It's time. <laughs> let's all start talking like that. Like let's do it. We're oh, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you think of that Austin Butler like Christmas skit where he like does like the transatlantic like accent and I'm like I feel like we need more movie stars to bring this accent back. Like Wait, he- when when we were at um Jelly and I went to the May December premiere and there were all these people there from that Ryan Murphy show Hollywood. And I was like, they all had transatlantic accents. Like, please, let's bring it back. Like, that place has a show called Transatlantic. You know what's so funny is because like Natalie Portman kind of kickstarted us talking like that again because there were so many memes about her accent and Jackie. And like, we kind of just never got over it. Basically, Natalie Portman, the scene of the crime for that. She she was like, let's do it. Um, No transatlantic. Well, there are, there's one movie with a transatlantic accent here. And adapted screen. It's just funny because it's like, especially like the non-American actors who are like, hmm, I wonder which accent we'll use. Like there's no like guidelines and they're like transatlantic. It's so good. It's such a good accent. People are crazy. I think it's probably just like with um what was it in Barbie when she was talking about like how her mouth doesn't open? And I'm like, I guess that one just seems like the easiest for like people that can't open their mouths just pronounce especially because there's like no source of it it's just a made-up <laughs> accent i'm gonna bring it back i'm gonna start doing it um an adapted screenplay i listen i'm sad killers isn't here oh my gosh the shock of the century it really was shocking because i didn't even realize it missed because the lineup is so good but american fiction barbie oppenheimer poor things in the zone of interest that's a great lineup no like, weak ones, honestly. It's really exciting. Um, who do you guys think is winning? Here's what I'm going to say right now. Um, who I want to win? Barbie. Because who else could have written that script? But because the Academy is not great about sharing the wealth, it will be Oppenheimer. It's... It, it's is he, I, is, he's nominated for a picture with it, right? Yes. Yeah. So he'll win three? I think it's American fiction. I feel like in the screenplay categories, it's always the person that is not, that you at least expect in the way that it's like, oh, it's like, it's Greta's time. It makes sense. But it's never the person that it's their time. It's like always the first. Like a, a welcoming. Like, yeah. like, a, like in the screenplay like, categories, I feel like it's always like, Welcome, welcome here. Can we welcome Greta and Noah with? I want Cord to win. He was really nice. He's a cool. And it's guy. a great screenplay, and they. I feel like, like you know, like a screenplay. But this is what I did with the Fablements. I was like, there's a scene about editing, so it'll get nominated for editing, and it didn't. So I can't predict a movie about writing to win a screenplay category because it's about writing. I'm well, not doing that. he was on Succession. Everyone loves Succession. They were cleaning up at the Emmys. Like, get him in a room. Everyone loves him. I just think it's like, it's, it's, I mean, it could go Barbie, but I feel like it's like the least obvious choice and like American fiction, like overperformed. Uh, it's poor it's nomination. Is Poor Things winning an Oscar? No. Or is it? No, it's going zero for 
11 11 like like the favorite was gonna go zero for 14 except olivia let me tell you that i was like jesus christ that movie's losing everything and it's gonna break the stat of like one movie winning like every best picture nominee winning one and then olivia coleman won and i i don't know if anybody's noticed willem dafoe in the background of that win but it is so cute it is so cute but that was me in the moment i think four things is just not doing anything here Except costume. I want to say costume. I feel like that's Barbie. Could be. Is poor because what if poor things wins? You know what sucks? The only movie that I would really, other than Barbie, that I would really, really, really love to win is the zone of interest. And there's zero percent chance that's happening. I feel like it's Sad. not Oppenheimer because when you read that script. But- I do like everybody talks about the script, which is like the weirdest thing. Like everyone's like, it's written in the first person, and like, like the structure of the film, and even like the, like I was listening to um the big picture, like they recorded his Q and A with them, and they were all talking about how, like the amount of things that Chris wrote into the script itself, and I'm like, even the people that worked on the movie are like the script, and I'm like that just. Fe- I just, he doesn't need three Oscars in one night. I don't think he's getting three. Let's. I think it's Cord Jefferson. It's probably. I feel like that feels right. That follows like the the path you're talking about. I don't know. Leo, what do you think? What are you, what are you unpacking with the Daffod screenplay? I would love an American fiction win. I'm, yes. Um. Hold on, I'm like pulling up the nominees also on my phone just so I don't say the wrong. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, where is it? I definitely will say it would be insane if the zone of interest somehow won. Like I, I know that that might seem impossible, but, but I would love to see a zone of interest adapted screenplay win. I could kind of see. Oppenheimer taking it but at the same time I don't know I uh yeah maybe I could see American fiction winning yeah that feels kind of right I guess we'll see how all these campaigns unfold and honestly just like the momentum I guess behind like Oppenheimer and Barbie because I feel like maybe the momentum behind Barbie could grow because she was nominated in director um now, to move on to the craft categories, I know Jillian wants to talk about El Conde pulling off cinematography. Let me tell you, cinematographers <laughs> are freaks. They're going to nominate things that you're like, huh? Like, they're just, they're kind of like the director's branch, but they're also, they're just in their own world. So I'm like, we know what, we know what one through four is. What is five? Like, I was like, maybe it's the zone of interest. Like, it's something very obscure because the the Cold War year, like one of the best nominations of all time. And I was like, Netflix feels like they dropped El Conde. Like they feel like they dropped Pablo, even though I I would have put that movie in my best actor lineup. I would have put it in best screenplay. I would have put it other places. But I think it just speaks to like how ingrained the cinematography community is with one another. Because obviously like Ed Lockman, who does a lot with Todd Haynes is a very celebrated cinematographer. Um, and like, 
there's also a beautiful trend this year where every film has at least like one black and white sequence that like I think perfectly help tells the story and this one is all black and white and I and out of all of them I'm gonna be biased and say I think it's the best use of black and white of just the contrast and stuff so like I was like, what is the weird, obscure nomination going to be in cinematography? And it was El Conde, and I love it. Um, I think my favorite nomination of any category is Zone of Interest and Sound. I really was, like, nervous they weren't going to do it, because I was like, it's too... I don't know. It just felt, like, too cool for them to do. Like, I was like, we're going to get, like, five car movies. Like, they're not going to (laughs) do... They're going to invent five. Like, they're not going to do it. But I think that's my favorite nomination of all of the nominations, to be honest, just because it's so, like, it's just so important to that film working and there's nothing like it. And that's why I I, I forced myself to go see The Zone of Interest a second time in a theater because I was like, I can't not experience it just one last time. And it's really funny, like, seeing it in a theater, I was like, why are people having popcorn like before the movie was starting I was like please don't like please stop like the first five minutes are so crucial to like experiencing this like you gotta stop um I know Meredith's favorite nomination is John Williams an original score I'm just kidding I'm just kidding (laughs) I was like okay (laughs) no disrespect to John Williams at all um but Come on, he did not need to be nominated. You see I that will... he did like uh he had like a museum or something as uh, one of the lots like dedicated to him the day before like the week before the nominations. <laughs> Everyone we should have known. We should have known. known. Like JJ Abrams was there, Steven Spielberg. It was like, okay, he's getting nominated. Yeah. <laughs> I will say so outside of my my favorite nomination being Wes Anderson for a live action short. I do love that Anatomy of a Fall got nominated for film editing. I think that was such a great decision because like the editing in that makes Anatomy of a Fall like land as like land effectively. Um, So I am a fan of that, but I am, I'm a Wes Anderson girly. I am here for him finally getting his Oscar. I wish it was for one of his actual features, but I'll take the wins where I can. It's really exciting. I'm so upset I didn't get any production design. Like, so upset. How did it miss production design? It's it crazy. makes no sense to Can me. Can we, let's just use this moment to talk about Napoleon. So, <laughs> I don't know if anybody listened to me and Jillian's predictions podcast, but we were like, it's going to land somewhere. I just don't know where. And then it landed in all three categories. And we were like, where does it go? I just, also, I'm really worried it's winning visual effects. I just want everyone to know I'm very worried it's winning visual effects. Like, I'm very scared that Napoleon is pulling it off. The stat of production nine developed visual effects is too much. Um, How did they, why did they, okay, and I have a serious question because so it got in everywhere, but so they watched it, but they didn't put it in sound? Wouldn't you put Napoleon in sound? If you're going to put it in everywhere, I just, let's, let's talk about the creator and sound. I just don't understand. Like, it's fine. I think when I watched the creator, I immediately was like, visual effects. That makes sense to me. Sound, though, 
wasn't high on my radar, honestly. Like, did everybody have Ferrari predicted? Yes, I certainly did. Yeah, I was so convinced that Ferrari was making it in. Like, I, I was, I was delusional, I suppose. I was delusional that I thought I was getting sound and supporting actress, but here we. we do we not have like in sound? Do we not have a car or a plane movie in there? Is there a plane in the creator? Oh, there's a plane. In, oh, there, no, it's a there's a, there's an aircraft in it, I guess. But where's the designated? Um, you know, there there are, there are two. There are three trade movies: The Zone of Interest, Oppenheimer, and Mission Impossible. Sammy Fableman's favorite year. It probably is voting. <laughs> he's like hell yeah uh i do love maestro and sound that's yeah, really really especially um we got to go to a q a where the sound guy was talking about like how they recorded the cathedral scene and he pointed out the funniest thing in the world to us that um if you watch the cathedral scene you can see two microphones and he's like because of the recording of the performance you can see two microphones so they had to place microphones where you could see them so it matched the footage of the, can you say um, how insane it is that Society of the Snow did not get in for visual effects? Especially because they got in for makeup. So I'm like, you watched it. Like, what am I missing? Like, also, does anybody else think that Society of the Snow could have done better had they campaigned it earlier? Yeah, I think they were like really reliant. It was gonna be like what All Quiet did because they also did nothing for that until they until one BAFTA and then they were threatening everyone and then they started threatening people about Society of the Snow with like these hit pieces and I was like oh so they're expecting it and then oh it's the number one movie on Netflix and has done well, like, that's the other thing better is- than everything else it, I think it did more numbers than All Quiet did and like whatever and I was like of course no one was watching it's, All Quiet it's done more than Maestro yeah so it's like Maestro I think, was never number one I think they were like oh it'll catch on and it did not. It caught on with the the normies, maybe not the academy voters, but in my everyday life, a lot of people have asked me about because like there was that so. piece that went out, like, is it the dark horse of the Oscars? And I was like, no. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Um, I guess is there any other nominations anybody's really excited about? Jennifer Lehman editing. We have Thelma versus Jen. We love female editors. And also, I think like the costume design lineup, it's all women except for like a man that's also a Napoleon with a woman. So basically, just take out Napoleon. (laughs) But I was like, oh, that's cool. Like that, I feel like that is the category because it's statistically like costume designers are like more like female our costume designers but I was like oh that's nice to have like an all-female um lineup and then I just think like it's really cool that all the women behind Oppenheimer were nominated for the for the man for the man movie that that one article wrote that hit piece calling it a dad film even though it's like all the young women are like thirsting over it because it's hot um hello there's a Albert Einstein fan cam I don't think a dad made I don't think that. a dad okay. no Top Gun fan cam so sorry and so I'm like wow I like that there was such a good turnout I think for like women below the line and I think that's like was kind of sad that it the conversation on Tuesday like really diminished it like stopping at like two white women not being nominated and then like everyone else felt awkward that like 
you know, we couldn't celebrate Lily. We couldn't celebrate America. We couldn't even celebrate Justine. And then like Justine became a villain. And it's I like, think it's not this her is herself in there. Like I was kind of talking about this with someone else. Like, I think that the discourse got so bad because like normally it's like people like insider baseball or whatever. Like it's like people who know like DGA does this, SAG does this, but like Barbie and Oppenheimer were just seen by absolutely everyone so like everyone was weighing in and I'm like I don't know how like you can't be like let me put my hat on and explain to you let me put my Oppenheimer hat on and explain to you how this works because that sounds so rude but it's like (laughs) let me explain to you how this works because so it just like got so out of hand because like they didn't know what they were saying like and then then everyone was tweeting everyone was tweeting and like Hillary Clinton weighed in. That was log off. That was unnecessary. Isn't there something she should be doing that isn't tweeting about Barbie? Like the LA Times article that was like very (laughs) after they laid everyone off. I was like, okay, this is a this is a choice. Um, Yeah, I will say there's something kind of. Not that I agree with the discourse and how it turned out overall. I do think it is really fascinating, the public response, like as far as people not inside the film industry weighing in and seeing, I guess, the accomplishments of Barbie and to feel a sense like there should have been recognition as far as like Greta is concerned or even Margot is concerned. I do hate that it eclipsed all of as you were saying, Jillian, you know, like all of the other women recognized uh, at by the Academy for nominations. But it is, it's nice to see, I guess, the outside, like the general public and the general audience want to see more from Barbie, which is like kind of a thing that like, wow, people notice that. And it was for something as original as a Barbie movie could be as opposed to like a superhero movie getting in like you know oh my if we could have if we saw this like uproar for Endgame we would have laughed it off and been like okay next day or whatever but it was for a movie like Barbie that I don't know it makes me feel better about the future of film in some way but also we need to redirect it in the right ways as not make it about like just two white women and just like let's talk about women let's talk about original stories and how we can use IP to do something bigger than what the film industry has been doing so far I guess it's like when Tom Cruise was snubbed last year it's like the closest thing normies can relate to because it's like again like a film that everyone watched with like Top Gun and I was kind of wondering about this. Like, what would the discourse have been if Top Gun missed picture? Well, I'm kind of like, what would the discourse have been if Barbie got zero nominations and this is what happens when it lost two nominations? Like, what would the if Barbie, like, completely... The the internet would have been unbearable that day, let me tell you. Because it was kind of... I got really lucky. I was really busy at my day job. So I missed that LA Times article. I missed all this stuff. And then like at 6 p.m. I like opened my Twitter app and I was like, what happened? 
like I was like I don't understand um does anybody else have any nominations they were really excited about outside of the big ones I haven't seen it yet but the love for the movie Godzilla minus one has oh it's so good like I, I still have to see it I'm so excited too but the fact that it did get nominated for visual effects I feel like just seeing like the video reaction of the team also like just so happy about this nomination like I put it in and I was just so excited to see them all so excited as well again I haven't seen the movie yet but I have so many of my friends who are non like film people who tell me they went to go see it and absolutely loved it so I'm so happy for that um I also love Barbie and Poor Things in both costume design and production design. I think potentially if Poor Things does get a not, does get a win, if it's for something not for potentially Emma Stone, I feel like it could go Poor Things gets costume and Barbie gets production design because I feel like the Barbie dream houses are more talked about than some of the Barbie outfits, even though they are talked about as much. I feel like that's how those two could potentially go. That would be really cool if they both got recognized for that because I think both of them do such a great world building as well as like really cool costume design. And Godzilla, first Godzilla nomination ever. So cool. I don't know if it's true, but I read that um, it's like one of the lowest budgeted films to ever be nominated in visual effects, which is so cool. Like I love like, I really love like invisible visual effects. So like I was really sad that John Wick Chapter 4 was left off the short list. And that's why I really thought Society of the Snow could get in because it kind of felt like that softer visual effects. But I was so excited about Godzilla. That's such a good call out. Robot I... Dreams. Robot Dreams is oh, really exciting. Is that true that it's the first like no dialogue animated feature? I think so. That is so it's cool. so crazy. I was like, wow. Talk about a studio that just is like, you know what? I think we're going to go all out neon. Yeah. Good job. Good job like, to our friends at neon. That was, I feel like someone mentioned this on Twitter, but like it felt like for this year, the animation group and the documentary group were like no holds. Like they were like really vetting every single. What happened in documentary? Like I, I'm so serious like I really was like stills not getting in especially because it won an Emmy like I was like whatever but the um what is it the tiger documentary I was like I didn't even have that like to kill a tiger I didn't even have that like in like I think I had it at 10. Yeah I got in. I was surprised that Beyond Utopia missed. It's crazy because like, you know how they always kind of notoriously snub like a front runner. I was just like, still Michael J. Fox movie is the front runner. And I didn't even think that Beyond Utopia could be that one just because yeah. it felt like, but they really were just like no celebrity documentary at all. Four went out to John Batiste, even though he did get a song nomination. So that was really exciting. But I guess we've talked everybody's ears off about the Oscar nominations. And there we will any continue- Disney no one from Disney was nominated for animation. Nobody. Uh, Elemental did. Elemental. Pixar, I... But Wish missed and Once Upon a Studio missed, which I think is a big indication of what's happening over at Disney for animation right now, which yeah. is a bummer, but I've also seen them come out of a hole before. So I hope this spurs them on to make some good stuff. Yeah, I kind of hope it leads to something more creative versus like, 
I don't want to say like not creative, but it's like also like turning red and like soul were kind of not pushed with as much as they should have been. And those were two of like my favorite recent Dr. Um, Disney projects. And it's like, I hope it leads to something really exciting and like inventive versus I- just like, I know we're getting inside out too, but like versus yeah. more sequels, like I did love Encanto time. though. Encanto is so good. It's so I haven't seen it. I okay. Oh, when I did my letterbox, when I did my letterbox like filter to see what unwatched popular movies they have, it's like all animated and Marvel movies. That's like all it is. And then there was something. Oh, um, I know Juliana so mad at this. Ratatouille was like my number two. Oh, like, no. I know. Fine. I gotta. I gotta. I, I will say, I'm really curious to see what animation will be like for 2024. I really want a DreamWorks comeback, especially. I know, like, Kung Fu Panda 4. I'm like, if Kung Fu Panda 4 can somehow be very good and take over the next Oscars in Best Animated, I'm all here for that. Jillian's like gonna Jillian's do like she's like I was there for Puss in Boots the last yeah, wish Puss I will be the there Puss in Boots that's we have some Kung Fu Panda four strategies coming in she's like we're gonna hop on a conference call we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna start the campaign now she's like my Wait, only well. priorities in 2024 watch Killian Murphy win an Oscar Kung Fu Panda four and Kieran Culkin that is it yeah. that is it that's all she I am on board for this post trolls DreamWorks renaissance and yeah. get Fu- rid of Justin four. Timberlake focus more on Jack Black is what the conversation is oh, was wait, was my great migration wasn't DreamWorks it was, el- el- it was el- elimination yeah Illumination can wait. We're we're good. There's a new Despicable Me, Despicable Me Four coming out July third. Julian's not impressed. Not impressed. <laughs> we're DreamWorks only. Awesome. Single handedly run the Kung Fu Panda best animated feature this whole year. I like that. We're we're campaigning for the next Oscars. I feel already. like it's gonna be good though, because like it can't they're really ahead of it like they're really like yeah. pushing it before like, it comes if it out sucked, i feel like they wouldn't be talking about it <laughs> so much i don't know um, i haven't seen any of them so i'll catch up I'll i feel catch like up. they're like they're the like animated so john wicks yes the animation and the action that happens in kung fu panda is actually insane so you can see you will enjoy them okay i will i'll do the same thing like she said that i did with john wick last year i will catch up for the fourth that's like literally the same thing and we started it before the oscars last year that is a wild comparison (laughs) 2023 is the year of Keanu Reeves for being my most watched actor and this year will be Jack Black Kinsey's only starting films when they're on their fourth version (laughs) literally (laughs) oh my god speaking of John Wick we can wrap it up uh everybody I'll start with Leia tell everybody where they can follow you and also recommend a film that received zero Oscar nominations that you think everyone should check out um everyone can follow me on twitter and instagram it's literally just leia's sunset um ooh, one film that i would recommend from 2023 i would probably say hmm 
I feel like if you're somebody who is just like looking to have fun and things like that bottoms bottoms was my favorite and it didn't receive I mean I, I feel like um it's just a good comedy and I feel like anybody should watch it especially I love Emma and Rachel I think they're both so great at like writing dialogue and so I loved bottoms love that should have been an original score and screenplay contender Charlie XCX snubbed two Oscar nominations in one year unforgivable Meredith let everyone know where they can follow you and your recommended Oscarless film of 2023 yes so you can find me on Twitter on Instagram on Letterboxd at Meredith Loftus and if I have to recommend a movie from 2023 that received zero Oscar nominations, might I suggest Polite Society, my second favorite film of last year, uh, a first time uh, female director, screenplay writer, Nita Manzor, uh, making this action comedy about two sisters. Like it does everything with Barbie as far as talking about the patriarchy but it's centered around a, a, a bond between sisters it's it's got the action comedy of like an Edgar Wright movie but it is just so well done I adore polite society it should be still streaming on Peacock so like do it watch it it's so much fun a great recommendation love it Jessa let the people know your recommendation where they can follow you um, on Twitter, I'm at JebbaHay7, and on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, I'm at Gavin with Jessa. And I will die on this hill that Suzume should have also been in Best Animated Feature. We're starting to diversify and have two international features in Best Picture. Why can't we do that in Animated Feature too? Just because Studio Ghibli is in does not mean that we can't recognize other international animated films. It's a great recommendation and I completely agree. Jillian, let I, I, I feel like I know what movie you're going to recommend. Let's see if I'm right. Okay. She's looking at something. <laughs> I don't know if I should do like a joke or like... <laughs> okay, you can say your joke, but explain your real one. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Jillian Chili and TikTok at Offscreen with Jillian. And a film I recommend that did not get any Oscar nominations is did this movie come out? Okay, my joke one is Leo. <laughs> you had stupid movie every day. It's like talking about Leo, including in front of Bradley Cooper. And a film that I recommend that did not get any nominations is Passages. I saw this at Sundance like literally a year ago, sitting next to Ben Wishaw when he was doing his little sex scene. And I think that Franz is like, should have been our best actor nominee, maybe winner. And I just think it's a really beautiful, messy love triangle with great fashion. Love that recommendation. Um, you can follow me at Kinzununu on everything. And okay, technically it comes out this week, which is why I'm going to recommend it. But it was campaigned and screened in time to be eligible for the Oscars and got nothing. The Peasants. It oh. is the most beautiful animated film I've ever seen. 
and it made me cry and yagna suffered more than jesus christ himself like like good lord um beautiful beautiful film and i it opened last week in new york and it's like expanding this week so um just because it didn't get in for any categories eligible and best score like so oh such God. a good score justice um, for yagna justice for yagna at the oscars and in real life just horrible um but you can check out the site um offscreencentral.com and then our handle is abbreviated it's very annoying because twitter said it was too long um it's off screen no e central <laughs> um very difficult but we will be here all season long giving you only women talking about the oscars so until next time Thank you.